Welcome back to Cultural Zeitgeist Experts, where I speak to some of my friends and colleagues about an impactful piece of art and culture. They may not have been directly involved, but that doesn't mean they don't have something to say about it. Today's expert, best friend, child lover, and tree hugger, Julia Tamlin. The Cultural Zeitgeist moment, the love affair she shared with many girls and boys that started in 2011 with five boys named Harry, Louie, Zane, Niall, and Liam, who formed boy band One Direction. that all these boys yeah. took but I didn't know how you felt about like um the fact that he's like very much revered as like a unique performer yeah, yeah. um I'm not surprised I always like if it was going to be any of them it was going to be Harry I think to, to make it big mm. just because you know I don't even think he has that strong of a voice in a lot of ways yeah um but between, like, the songwriting and just his personality, people love. Like, it's so, people get so, I mean, okay, I'll speak from experience. I think he's, like, the most, he's so charming and cute. You just want to, like, watch him exist and, like, interact with people. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and, like, be cute and make really great, like, really lame jokes. And, like, whenever he, when he hosted SNL or, like, when he hosts The Late Late Show or as a guest, you just, like, you like love to watch it and I think that you know some people just have a personality that you love to participate in and so in that aspect I'm not surprised that he is the one who like has kind of taken a pulled away from the rest in terms of like caliber mm-hmm. yeah. um I'm I am surprised by like the I mean, pleasantly surprised. I think it's great, and I really like how, you know, fashion and different aspects of, like, he's evolved so much since One Direction when he was, like, so seen as, like, a fratty, uh, like, skinny-jeaned boy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's such crazy. a different image. I mean, he has impeccable taste. I will give him that. Yeah. He, he really does. Star, like star power. Yeah, he does. He really does have like a star power for sure, and like none of those clothes would ever look good on like Niall. Sorry, Niall. Oh, no, he can <laughs> like Niall's like the whitest of white boys. Yeah. Or I'm Liam. Like, Liam. Yeah, definitely gross. not. Like, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Like Harry reminds me of um, someone who's just like not really of this time. And like the Met Gala, like who would have thought? I know, it's so crazy. I never would have thought that when you had showed me these, like, kids in, like, 2011 that yeah, he would have been hosting the Met Gala and, you know, just a huge fashion icon. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty... It's The way that he dresses. I think that it just... He's gotten lucky and, like, surrounded himself by, like, immensely talented people and... Yeah. Yeah. He's really... Like, it isn't really doing things the way that people thought he would, and so it gets to be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess if, like, Stevie Nicks, like, wants to hang out with you all the time, then your life has really changed. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
really, I mean, I liked One Direction, but I only really care about Harry because I really like his music. And I always, that's so surprising that Liam and Louie were the ones that were writing the songs because I always thought it was Harry who was writing the songs because he's a good songwriter. He wrote, he did write a lot of them. And I do think he, you were right, he was writing songs for other people um, as well. But okay. yeah. I just think he's like a very good songwriter. So I... And maybe it has to do with other things. Maybe it's not just his songwriting abilities. Maybe it's like the whole production and the whole vibe and mm-hmm. how it all really works for me, his whole brand. His songs are very well like mixed and, and like the production the production side of his songs, I think, in a lot of ways. Help outshine them. the songs themselves. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's they sound, like they just sound good. They really do sound good. They really do sound good. I have two questions. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. One is about Taylor Swift, um, because mm-hmm. I feel like she had a really big part in... Okay, so Harry was friends with Ed Sheeran, right? Yeah, I think they were all kind of friends with him, and yeah. And did he introduce them to Taylor Swift? I guess so. I don't really... I Yeah, probably. I guess I'm just, like, confused because I feel like everything that Taylor Swift touches, like, turns to gold. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. she found – it feels like she found Ed Sheeran. It feels like she, you know, dated Harry Styles, so therefore they're going to be yeah. famous. And I just wonder what you think about, like, her relationship with, like, all of those, like, British men. I think that – I always thought that their relationship was kind of strange, Taylor and Harry. Mm-hmm. Because it always seemed like so for the press, you know, and like for for something to write a song about. Yes, yes. Um, but not to say that it wasn't real. I don't know. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But I do think that he he got attention from her because of her because of being seen with her. Got it. Do you think that Two Ghost was written about her? Oh, um, I think that Perfect was written about her, which was on One Direction's last album, because it sounds exactly like her song Style. Oh, really? Which is obviously about Harry Styles. It is? Oh, yeah. You got that James Dean daydream look in your eye. I got that red lip classic thing that you like. You've got that long hair, slick back, white t-shirt, and I got that good girl face and a tight little skirt. Oh, why didn't I know that? And then, and then there's another part that's like, he can't keep his eyes off the road. He can't keep his eyes on the road. Um, And they got into some like car accident, I think, together. And then she also says, take me home, which is a song of title One Direction album. Oh, interesting. A lot of a lot of um Easter eggs. Yeah. Huh. I always thought that um I always thought that Two Ghosts it was just yeah, such a shame it... because I that's like my favorite song and I really don't want it to be written about Taylor Swift because I just like don't believe that she would like look good in like the moonlight of like the fridge yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like the fridge yeah. glow. Like I really don't want to believe that she looks that good. Good enough to write a song about her naked in front of the refrigerator. But Moon um, dances over your good side. Yeah, like, I don't know. But she and, has a good side. But I, it, it makes total sense that it's her because she, she has the blue eyes and the red lips. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, interesting. Yeah, I get it about her. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's a shame. We, we can wish that it wasn't. But it is. Yeah. 
okay, so this kind of leads into, like, this whole question about, like, his androgyny. And mm-hmm. uh, we talk about this a lot. Obviously, he doesn't like to share too much personal information. I had a real problem with him on Howard Stern because the reason you go on Howard Stern is because he's going to grill you about things. And, yeah. you know, people... I've seen now so much... I've seen so many videos now that are, like, uh, def- like TikToks and stuff like that mm-hmm. that are from young people who don't really know Howard Stern, re- like, ha- don't know his catalog or his repertoire yeah. of all of these interviews. Yeah. So they, they just think he's being sexist and rude about asking Harry about his, you know, therapist that he's probably in love with, his female therapist. But really the resistance from Harry is what prompts Stern to ask the really kind of uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. slightly problematic questions. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think that it was such a strange call to put Harry on Stern because he doesn't, he has no, he doesn't confirm anything. He's always like, I'll I'll never say what a song is about or isn't about. I don't want to confirm it. It's up for interpretation. He's, like, violently private when it comes to his life. Do you think that, um... Which is kind of annoying. Yeah, like, I mean, it's annoying because we want to know right? everything. It's, like, such... We want to know everything. We were, I was, we were so used to getting so much while he was in One Direction. And then mm-hmm. it also just... Like, you're definitely... Like, if it's better for your mental health to have... Keep your... As Miley said, keep your private life private. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, it does create this kind of image where, like, you only exist in the public eye to be... Like, like to sell your music and to get concert tickets, and like, there's no relationship there between you and your fans in, in, until you are coming out with an album, you know? Right. Like, I'm, I'm wondering if like, because his brand is so much about androgyny and you know, a middle ground, and he doesn't have one, a singular take on one thing, and mm-hmm. maybe that is. Like, I'm wondering if that's just the way he wants to approach the way he does his work. Because, like, he doesn't... He is obviously, like, singing about queerness, let's just say, as an example. But he's not really Mm -hmm. telling anybody outright that he swings one way or another. He's also wearing clothes that are... He just has a very... He just has a very kind of um, free style. Yeah. And it spans, you know, a lot of different eras and a lot of different genders. And... Uh, but he doesn't really have any, it's funny because like those people who are androgynous, they usually have, they take a stand about things Yeah. or yeah. they have a really intense opinion they about things. Known. Yeah. And he's kind of like the only person I feel like we've seen in the public eye recently that has, uh, and a lot of people say that he uses that kind of queer, um, I guess the, the, all of the groundwork that has been laid by queer people in order to feel like he doesn't need to say anything about anything right um there was one interview he did where you know they he was like he was being asked and about it whether or not like what his sexuality is or what he thinks of people who say that he's he's queer baiting and he said something around along the lines of am i am i you know, like putting in sexual gender and sexual ambiguity to make things more interesting. No, I'm not. Hmm. But I don't really think about it that much. You know, I think that 
sexuality and gender is something to be played with and that it's fun, which I think is like really nice. Like I'm really glad that you can feel so comfortable exploring so much, but yeah. I also think that it, it comes from a huge place of privilege. Totally. Yeah. You know, people, people are killed because, you know, black trans women are killed all the time because of how they express themselves. That it's not, it's not just something that's fun to be played with. It, it, it's, you know, it has real life consequences for a lot of people. And to just say that there's nothing, it's not that deep for me. I think that kind of sucks. He also said that he didn't want, like he hasn't really found the cause that he wants to throw his weight behind, which I think is so like such a cop out as if you have to only have one movement that is yours and you identify with, whether it's like, you know, like how you identify or like a charity that you care about or like social justice, something or other. Totally. You know, you, you can have like a, you can have a black lives matter sticker on your guitar. That's really nice. But how are you publicly supporting the discourse of like black people being killed in the United States? It is really kind of crazy that he's not advised. Well, I mean, maybe he's advised to shut up. I mean, that could yeah. be. I mean, it's not like too. he, we definitely don't want celebrities, white male, so white British male celebrities to be like the, um, superior voice on like all these matters and stuff and, it's not like they're always going to get things right, but it would be nice to to hear something sometimes, you know? Yeah, totally. Hmm. Do you think... Um... I do think that nobody who is straight would say, I don't want to define myself, so... Nobody who's like, if he was straight, he would say it. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, like, innuendos in all of his songs suggesting that he isn't straight. But then he also says that the entire album that he wrote is about his French girlfriend. Yeah. Well, right, and it sucks. Like, you have to, like, I don't want to, like, you definitely don't want to force someone out of the the closet. But, like, he has this song that he's saying on tour that he never released on an album. And it's literally about, like, it's literally about being, like, someone putting their a guy putting their cum on your face that is really interesting yeah like swallowing yeah i mean i de- uh, yeah i definitely about, also like, ex- bisexual experiences do you think that maybe if he did come out as queer or gay um or any anything that isn't straight um that people would be like well we're gonna hop on the bang- bandwagon of the fact that you were fucking louie then do you think he's scared oh, yeah. of that yeah 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 that's so interesting yeah i've never thought about that like what if he's just like oh shit like if i come out of this and people are going to be like your entire you were lying for whatever five years of your life yeah i do think people would twist it like that unfortunately that's really sad i also think that people a lot i think a lot of people have always thought that he was in love with Louis and Louis didn't feel the same way because he had like such a long-term girlfriend. If they were to all do like one um one last performance together. Well, you know their 10-year anniversary is coming up this summer. Oh my god. Yeah, 10 years. Can you believe it? What are they going to do? Not talk? I There've been like Liam 
has like said a lot about how like they're talking more they have like a group chat and then he said oh but you know louie texted me and was like you need to shut up like stop talking about it you're gonna like overhype it Mm -hmm. and um like please be quiet so liam's saying a lot of a lot of stuff but i really i don't know i think maybe if they did something the thing is about one direction is that they were like oh you know we're just going on an 18 month hiatus we'll be back don't worry um and they never were they never came back and there's always like there's a lot of like tricked you know yeah clown clown to clown communication i see um and so i feel like if they did do something it would just be like really anticlimactic and maybe um they like their brand their people whoever is still running one direction social media would like release behind the scenes videos or maybe a music video they never they never shared or mm-hmm. if we like if we were lucky we would get like a, a FaceTime between them all. But I really doubt that that will happen. If you were gonna spend a day with them, what would you want to do? Um I would want them to tell me all of their secrets. <laughs> I would want all of the lowdown. I want to know what happened. I want to know, like, why did Zane leave? Like, what was the real drama behind that? I want to know, like, all of the, like, juicy details of things that were never confirmed. If they were going to do one song together, what would you want it to be? With Zane or without Zane? With Zane. Okay. Um, I love Night Changes. I'm um, Night Changes. I think is a great song of theirs. Hmm. Probably my like first or second favorite. Got it. Hmm. So that would be nice. I really like a song on their last album called Infinity. I would love for them to perform Infinity, but then it wouldn't be with Zane. Or Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold is like a really sad, cute song. Hmm. Yeah. That would be fun. I want them to pull a Jonas Brothers and go to group therapy, all five of them, mm. work through their issues, put on a nice little documentary tell-all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that that Jonas Brothers documentary really did give me a lot of clarity. It was nice. And, um, you know, I never really was a Jonas Brothers fan. I liked a couple of their songs and... I liked Joe because of Demi. Yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, they're brothers, so there was definitely like an incentive to resolve the issues between them. Yeah. And I, it makes me sad that I to think that One Direction never might might never do that in the same way. Mm. Not that I think that there are really issues. Like I don't think Niall has any Niall or Liam have any issues really between them. them. I'm pretty sure that. Liam and Zane talk like not frequently but definitely wow Louie and Zane definitely don't talk there was so much does Harry talk to anyone I don't think he talks to anyone I'm pretty sure he has a rule in interviews that he doesn't want to be asked about One Direction wow yeah that's pretty intense like you can't you can't ask him about the band is that because he's just so sad about it very specific questions I think that they're really his like whole team is really focused on his new thing like 
identifying him as a solo artist and yeah, not around that. One Direction. Damn, that's crazy. How can you just forget about your whole thing that brought you? Because whenever are. he does talk about them, he answers one of two questions, which is, do you regret it? And it's like, no, that was the best time of my life. I loved it. I, I didn't hate a second of it. It was the best. And are you sad about Zane? And he always gives the same answer, which is like, I'm sad about the way it happened, but I wouldn't want anyone who is unhappy to continue doing Thing that makes yeah. him unhappy. He has said that a bunch. It's really tiring. Yeah. Oh. He always gives the same answers in interviews. Like at this point, you don't even need to listen to an interview of his because you know what he's going to say. Right. That's really like interesting. No, all his personality goes into his songs and he leaves it in there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I guess my last question is like, what, as a closer, what, uh, like, what did this all mean for you? Like, what did this boy band mean to you? Why was it so important to you? Why do you still um, look... Like, why in this time of quarantine, even though we're all, you know, forced to regress to mm -hmm. who we were back in the day, but, like, why are they such a um, kind of, like, timeless thing that took up so much of your life that you can always return to? I think that... I've always had like some one of a hyper fixed personality in yeah. terms of like I latch onto something and love it. Yeah. Um, like I can think of a handful of things that I've been obsessed with in my life. Definitely none as much as One Direction. I think that um, like in high school, early in like ninth grade, when all this started, ninth and tenth grade, I was like super anxious and you know was like a moody, emo, depressed teenager. Yeah, I and think I it's pretty a... funny that you were doing that, can, like you were listening to One Direction and then also going to like um... Warped Shore, Warped like Shore, the yeah. duality of women. <laughs> yeah, right? very like I, On one side was like so teeny boppery, on the other side was like so angst filled and mm -hmm. like just kind of sad. Yeah. Um, but I do think that um, the the One Direction stuff was like a, an escape in a lot of ways from the part of me that was like depressed and anxious and like didn't know what I wanted and it was like something to turn to that I could watch to make me laugh or music that I could listen to that was like not gonna make me feel more upset and it was like it was just a joy to participate in mm -hmm. you know to like watch be in the sidelines or or you know, be at the concert and, or like see new interviews of them being goofy or like watch their movie and like learn more about them. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that at a time, like a time like this, where we feel so deeply insecure and not know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or when this is going to be over, it's very natural to turn to the things that brought us comfort in the past when we were also in a place of insecurity and hopelessness mm -hmm. yeah it's a very good and so like you you go back to the things that make you feel comfortable and the things that brought you comfort when you were when you were a depressed 15 year old girl in her room <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and when things were so much simpler Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. That's beautiful. I mean it can be it can be one direction for me and it can be 
like musical theater for you or Broadway and but it can be you know it can be so much that like you know you had less responsibility then and so it's this huge like way way to look back on something and feel the joy that you felt when you were little and maybe pretend for a little bit that things are still like that Mm -hmm. yeah well, and it was fun. It was. I mean, I really... It was, was so fun. It was really fun. I was not even fully immersed in the fandom, and I did never had a problem with it. I liked watching all the One Direction stuff. I, like, some of my best memories are, are like, being in, like, 10th grade homeroom and making, you know, half of our class watch One Direction music videos and <laughs> dancing to them. And, like, you could, like, you know, you could be, like, a sour sour person sitting in the corner but for the most part like most of our class would like join in with me and Felice and like dance and like you guys knew the words and yeah we were you very... guys all cele- you guys all celebrated when I was the 100th caller it was just like <laughs> the memories that I have associated with it are are so good and happy and I'm, I'm glad that you know I was surrounded by the people that I had at the time and yeah. just got to like be like a just like a happy teenager loving something with no consequences Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's so beautiful I love that thank you (laughs) there was something else that I want to talk about that I forgot which I think is really interesting is that there like within the One Direction fan space there was always like I think it's a lot bigger now as people get older and like realize their own like identities but like there was like a decently sized LGBT like fandom, I guess, of girls who weren't straight and were like gay or or lesbian or queer or like didn't necessarily see them as like sexual objects, but were still drawn to their music and their personalities and the fandom, which I think is so interesting. Hmm. That is really because, interesting. Like to 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 think about like teenage like whatever Justin Bieber or Jess McCartney or like whatever teen heartthrob you have you immediately associate it fan like female fandom fan base as like wanting to be with them or like wanting to marry them or like wanting that but um I mean I do think it's interesting that there were queer fans lesbian fans which just shows, like, how weirdly powerful or, like, obsessive people could get and, like, what the draw was, you know? Like, what was the draw? What was the interest? Why were they so... Maybe everyone feels this way, but I also... I've, I know we always talk about it, but we feel like we were kids at the prime time that you could be a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, right before social media was booming and we had, like, the best talent on Disney Channel that you could ever Prime have. Disney. It was never, never going to be better than that. It wasn't. And, um, and like people were just like obsessed with things. Yeah. Obsessed yeah. with things. I never, like, uh, my mom thought, like my parents thought that I was obsessed, but I was like, look around. Everybody else's kid is exactly the same as me, but they're not talking about Gossip Girl and musical theater. They're talking about One Direction or they're talking about I don't know. Twilight. Twilight, exactly. Harry Potter, Justin Bieber. 
exactly like everyone had a thing or they had overlappings of things but taylor swift taylor swift like uh, an unbelievable Anna montana and yeah. maybe it is that way now but i don't see maybe it is that way with like tiktok or whatever but like i don't Jojo Siwa. We like read magazines. I don't know. I just yeah. It's everything. Things were set up for us in a really interesting way. Yeah, everything was sort of like in this weird limbo period, and the only thing there was to do was obsess about people because there was nothing else to do. Yeah, weren't making TikToks and like I don't know. I just it was such a and I think that the people the people we were obsessed with were filling the people we were obsessed with were figuring themselves out as well and so not only did we get to like grow and 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 learn about them but we got to watch them grow and give us different kinds of content and different kinds of experiences and you know that brings you closer to the thing that you love yeah that's true and also more than if you're like observing it through social media where everything is so uh like perfectly curated Right. And it's funny because like all the people that we loved when we were younger, they all grew up to be extremely um, famous. Yeah. Like nobody dropped off the face of the earth. They were famous when we were younger and they were similar in age to us and they are still similar in age to us. And now they are like very famous people. Like Miley and Hillary. Right. Like they weren't just like on Disney Channel for a couple years. You know what I mean? Except for maybe like the Miranda Cosgroves of the world. But like she's allowed to like go to USC and live her life, you know? Yeah. And like Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. But like still, like, I mean. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows who Lindsay Lohan is. Exactly. And every, yeah. Nobody really, even like the freaking. Cole and Dylan Sprouse, like, they came back. Oh, yeah. They were able to go away and then come back and be famous, you know? Yeah. That's kind of all I have, but this was great. I have all my parts. I could go on for hours. I'm I know. so sad that we have to end this it's conversation. It's so wonderful. I mean, it's so much. I mean, this, is, <laughs> yeah, this like, conversation is really just, like, the tip of the iceberg for all the it all really, of the stuff you have. You have so many resources. Yeah. yeah, and, like, there's just so much useless information in my brain about One Direction that, you know... As we have this conversation, and as I have spent the last week, few weeks listening to their music and, you know, kind of going back into that, going back, pretending that I'm still emotionally still in 2013, that like it all comes back up and it would be so fun to, I mean, I know that there are people who have like written college level theses about, about One Direction and done like some really interesting research. And so there's just, there are a lot of girls, 20 something year old girls who, um, who have all this knowledge, and it's kind of funny. Thank you so much to Julia Tamlin, who is one of my oldest friends, and also really a sister to me in this time of need when we are quarantined and forced to regress to our younger selves. And for me, it's obsessing over musical theater and delving into the archives of Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars and the Disney Channel days and for her it is One Direction and it can get embarrassing sometimes so I'm really happy that I have her to hold my hand through this and if this is you and you're having a similar experience just know you're not alone we're here for you and it's gonna be okay and sometimes it's okay to take a stroll down memory lane anyway thank you to Julia 
Thank you for listening and stay safe.